On the 12th of July this year, the back page broadcast a short segment regarding greyhound racing. Fox Sports accepts that the comments regarding Robbie Waterhouse in this segment were inaccurate. Fox Sports unreservedly retracts the statements made during the broadcast regarding Mr Robbie Waterhouse and apologises for any harm caused to him. Tonight, Australian cricket selectors set to name a team to take on Michael Clarke. Anthony Mundine and Danny Green agree to fight each other at Adelaide Oval before taking on Michael Clarke. Where's the respect? The Kiwis called arrogant over Checker the Clown. That game was fixed. Give us a winks. The champion mayor does it again. And Jessica Fox is our special guest on the show that gets in your face. It's the Backpage Live. Wanted to run around in the baggy green. Want to be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think we're not strong enough, but we just be the world. Their senses are gold. I got punched in the back of the head regularly. It was just unfortunate it was from a coach. G'day everybody, welcome to the show. I just can't wait for these people to sink their teeth into tonight's fair. Plenty of it with Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Hello and welcome team. And on this side of the desk, Mr Ryan Fitzgerald and Jules Schiller in Hello. the semi-serious reporter's chair. <laughs> yeah, that's going <laughs> <that's laughs> to go downhill very quickly. <laughs> Good luck, my friend. All right, it's always great to see a young athlete taking sport's most important lesson to heart. Have a listen. was so cute as a kid. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. All right, Anthony Mundine and Danny Green. It's already been called the fight of the century. That's because if you add their ages together, you get 100. <laughs> <laughs> well close to. Uh, what do we make of this Adelaide Oval? There's talk of 40,000 people there, a lot of money poured in by the uh, South Australian government. Are you looking forward to a crash? Absolutely. Look, and, and look, we've rubbished this fight and everyone's come out on social media, oh, it's a sham and all this and they'll never make 30 million and this and that. But who won't be watching? It's like having Fitzy and Rodney Eade in the ring. I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. The standard of boxing doesn't really matter. It's personality driven. And, and that's all that matters. Tell me someone who won't be having a look at it. Really? Oh, <laughs> Come on. Do we really care? Uh, I mean, 41, 43, once had a hip replacement, yeah. 10 years in the making. What do we as sports fans get out of it? I, I was going to say, it's great that Adelaide Oval has a hill because both competitors are over it already <laughs> at the moment. But we've got the thriller in Manila and the, what, what are we, we going to call this? Payday in Adelaide? Yeah. And it is because they're probably going to make a million dollars each. But oh, uh, More than that. No, no, no. no. I, I'm more. really looking forward to it. it it's one of the, Australia's biggest rivalries, yep. Gil, and their last bout was the biggest boxing fight in Australia's history. Mm. I really do think they're going to get an amazing crowd. Look, it's not going to be as quick as it was in the last fight. That was 10 mm. years ago. But it's not going to be a, a Jeff Fennick, a Zuma Nelson yeah. fight, come back. You know, it's going to be... It'd still be quite good good standard. I reckon they're going to get a great crowd. Yeah, I've been this excited since uh, Kim uh, Kim Weldon Howard Jones now Sailor touring, which is happening very soon. <laughs> as well. It is terrific. I'm worried about uh, Anthony Mundine though because he's been fighting around 60 odd kilos, uh, and Danny Green obviously around the 85, 87 kilos. So I mean, they're trying to get towards that middle weight. It's hard to know what's going to give out first, their hearts or Adelaide's power. <laughs> <laughs> but I've heard this is a rumor that it's going to bring Adelaide Oval into disrepute almost as much as this event. Uh, uh, that we'll just we'll see here. 
Uh, almost as much as, as this oh, event, oh, which I believe also ended in a punch on. Right. So I was there. Oh, that fits you with hair. Yeah, no, that was my wedding. We got married on Adelaide Oval and it was very similar to a major fight. Um, at the end of the night, I had to throw in the town because I was, I was out cold on my wedding night. So, um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's a beautiful... It, it, they'll get a brilliant crowd there and I reckon, pay-per-view, these boys are going to take home a lot of money. It will look spectacular, but can you imagine going? How on earth are you meant to see it? If you're up, you know, in the nosebleed section for two fighters in the middle of Adelaide Oval. Oh, it's brilliant. I saw the fight ten years ago at the SFS and it was a fantastic event. Mm. I reckon this one will be too. We know that Danny Green, of course, has a lot of respect for uh, your opinion, Crash. Um, <laughs> this, this is him, actually, uh, after beating Roy Jones Jr. I heard the back page of the day telling me I'm not a stellar fighter, this and that. Shove it up your bottoms, guys. You don't know shit. <laughs> Watching that crash. I loved it because the point I made was that he hadn't had a signature fight. That defining fight where he'd be taken down someone truly great. But look, he got over that in about eight years. Well, having, and, uh, do you, re do you having, reckon he got over it? Oh, no, look, he, he probably hasn't. When I actually met him for the first time in the foyer, I did the old trick of you know when a bloke's got a grudge against you? You yeah. jump in first. G'day, mate, how's going? How's the family? Have you got? And by the time I sort of said hello, I was gone. But, but th this fight's got one thing going for it, I tell you. They're very evenly matched. No one knows who's going to win. In boxing, normally there's a really clear favourite. Mundine goes up in weight, Green comes down, as Tone said. Yeah. It, no one really knows. It, it's so tight. It's just so we... predictable, though. I mean, it's going to be full oh, of half and half yeah. in the lead up, and Anthony Mundine will say something that's politically, you know, not correct, yeah. and then it'll well, probably be all over actually... in a few seconds, and a 43 year old will beat a 41 year old. <laughs> Guys, yeah. Who cares? I am actually just getting something in my ear, and you, Crash. It was interesting to say that you are you, you're over, and you've you've met Danny Green, and everything's fine now. Because I think we've just been given a message that's just come through. We're going to play it now from Danny. Back page. How are you? Well, I remember after my fight in 2009 when Crash Credit, you told me I was too old, I was too washed up, and I told you to shove it up your ass <laughs> after I knocked him out, put him away. Um, and now <clears throat> I'm fighting again. I'm a lot older. So, uh, what are you going to say now, mate? And is this my last fight? No, I've got this one. Take care of business against Chalk. And then one more against you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> you, right here. Now, before the end of the show, seriously. Um, can I take back all the jokes that I've made? <laughs> right. And I actually, I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for next year. <laughs> It'll be the first time you'll be living up to your nickname, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Actually, we can tell you that the winner, of course, also does earn, apart from fighting you, a shot at the WBG Cruiserweight World Champ. Here he is, <laughs> uh, the Sugar <laughs> Gray Leonard. That doesn't take it. That's crushing 10 years. <laughs> It will be a work. I'm a little bit worried about this, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First, look, uh, can I say first off, our, our show is watched in New Zealand, so welcome. Really enjoy your company. Second, I am so sick of New Zealanders. Uh, not only do they beat the Wallabies in a rigged game, uh, more of that later, but they mercilessly attack super coach Michael Checker. Here's his response. Oh, mate, I don't think they really want my comment anyway, you know? Well, no, they don't, you know? They dressed us up as clowns today, so they wouldn't really want our comment. I don't think they, they respect our comment anyway, so we won't make one. I don't want to talk too much about it, but, you know, when, when I think about the way the jersey's portrayed in that picture, 
you know, for everyone that's put pulled that on in the history of the Wallabies, I think that's pretty disrespectful. It's pretty much how the Courier-Mail treats uh, the New South Wales Blues, I would have thought, Grash. What do you make of that? Is he taking it all too seriously? Oh, I feel like it. No doubt he is, but I still loved it. It's a good old-fashioned sporting stink tone. Yeah. Rugby union is sinking beneath the waves. It needs more moments like that. And I've just got a feeling with this Wallaby team, I've got no stats to back it up because they were thrashed in the three tests. But just that revolutions come about when a team gets basically fed up to the eye teeth, angry, frustrated, beyond yep. belief. That's where they are now. I reckon they'll beat the All Blacks in a test within a year. Uh, in the same way that... Remember when New South Wales did the hand grenade gag in the state of origin? Queenslanders said, had enough of this, boys. I'm just sick to the eye teeth of it. And it sort of spurred them on. And I, I, I just reckon this could happen to the Wallabies team. But... That's good for rugby. It's good for rugby in some ways, but I would disagree with you in the fact that wouldn't you like to be talking about it in... Yes, it's made of personalities and rivalries, but we just look like sore losers in a team that we can't beat who's, you know, the best of all time. Mm. You've got former players that are revolting. I just think it's it's, it's not... You'd like to talk about rugby union in a a better way. And it's a newspaper. It's a journalist. Mm. I mean, we did the uh, Richardy Grub, you know know what I mean? Like, don't let a, a, a print get to you. You know what mm. I mean? Have a crack at the New Zealand team, mm. but don't have a go at a journalist. I love the fact we did the witchy grub, but we took the bugging thing a little bit too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actual listening to lights in the room as well. Exactly right. Well, look, because the 37-10, that scoreboard obviously looked ugly. Six tries to one. That stat sounds incredibly damning. But there was a key dud decision, this one here, that robbed the Wallabies of the chance to be in the contest. Maybe they, they lose anyway, but this... Pulled back, TMO, the video referee says that he is uh, severe, okay. is impaired, can't get to uh, the try scorer. That's rubbish. Yeah, it's a really poor decision. It completely ruined the, the game, really, from Australia's point of view. Where he got into trouble here was just... You, you can use your shoulder in, in, in a jostling an opponent in the run, but as soon as you use your hand, then TMOs have been known to say, uh-oh, and, and but... I've never seen that decision before, like, you know, in rugby. So they really delved very deeply in the handbook to come out with that, and it was really disappointing. I love how we're all outraged. Uh, you know, the commentator called for him to be sacked. Nigel Owen, Twitter, sacked whatever. whatever this is again. a country that pulled under um, <laughs> New Zealand. How much sympathy do you think New Zealand <laughs> has for our plight right at the moment? There is a little bit of that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but you've heard, of course, the expression of the ref blowing the pee out of the whistle. This bloke in England must actually have done exactly... Listen, to, listen very carefully. Do we have a replacement whistle on the Rico Arena? That's the whistle we wanted Nigel to use. <laughs> That's my birthday wish did finally come true. <laughs> yeah, I've been wishing that for years to happen. <laughs> it's happened. All right, just to prove there's no bad blood between the Aussies and Kiwis, uh, Israel Folau. And New Zealand netball star Maria Tatao, should they announce their engagement? Yes, this is New Zealand superstar shooter Maria Tutaier, who mm. was linked with the Swifts for next year, but decided to stay in New Zealand uh, in their competitions. So they will continue to do long distance, you yeah, would think. Geez, but congratulations. You'd love, you'd love a share in that first file, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, imagine that, that child, they, the, the sporting uh, ability of their first child. I was more thinking they'd make beautiful babies. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right, they'd probably be handy in sport as well. Plenty of concern about Australia's summer of cricket with South Africa and Pakistan here for Test Series. Now, the Aussie Test team is announced on Friday, but, Crash, you've saved the selectors some trouble, I understand. 
Yeah, look, here's my test team. I think it'll be really close to the one. And I've got to say, Tony, I don't really like the team I've chosen. <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> Well, the graphics department would wow. be loving it. Thanks a lot, Rodney Marsh. That's what it's going to sound like after he fights Danny Green. <laughs> and the point was, I just wish there was more depth, more options. And I've scoured the whole competition looking for options. But So what, what don't you like there? Well, there's seven guys. Joe Burns, flaky form. Usman Khawaja, out of form. Steve Smith, century today. Voge is struggling. Mitchell Marsh, averaging early 20s, for goodness sake. Mitchell Stark's been injured. Josh Hazelwood rested. Peter Siddle recently recovered from stress fractures, but apart from that, everyone's going really well. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but is the point, like, that team is vulnerable and gettable. And if I was a South African coach, I would say, boys, keep them out in the field for four sessions and you'll beat this mob. Uh, South Africa aren't that great themselves, but if they hang into this test, we've got problems. Mitchell Stark, though, is the key, isn't he? Oh, yeah. That injury coming back, he hasn't bowled very much. He only no. may, may bowl like 15 overs or something in the shield and then be rested for the back half of it. Tony, he's not allowed to dive in the field. I mean, like, that worries me. You're either playing or you're not. But what, if you hit a ball to either side of him, it's four, is it? Or does he field in the slips? But... That's just the sort of issue you might think, oh, no, he's fit to bowl. It, that matters, that sort of stuff. Usman Khawaja, though, I like. He scored four or five centuries last uh, season in Australia. I reckon he will step up. There was a bit of pressure on Nathan Lyons after Sri Lanka. He just didn't do the job. But he's showing some terrific form in the one-day format. And he got four for ten uh, the other day. Dominated that game. Four for ten off ten. He's just about my favourite Aussie cricketer, this guy. He just... Everyone writes him off and he just chugs away. He goes back, he looks at the video, he comes back, reinvents himself. Very solid player. He should have been vice-captain in the team for mine, ahead of Warner. Really good team, man. Like your stuff. 2020, uh, we're going to talk about the scheduling for a moment. There's been a lot of problems with that and discussion of it. That There will be a 20, an Australian team playing in a 2020 uh, the day before the Australian test team plays in India. Tony, don't start me. I think it's bloody terrible. I, I really do. How many times do you guys go to a barbecue and someone says, do you know what, I've struggled lining up all the faces and names in the Australian team now, so we've got two Australian teams playing on basically the same day. Mm. Like, it's, it milks down and degrades the whole system. I, I think... It dilutes it, oh, it's terrible. And you've got no, Steve I... Smith, who's the captain of all three forms, who won't play in that 2020 series yep. or any of the other test players. Do you That's know, right. Do you know, though, Crash, I can tell you this, that the kids of Australia will probably know the 2020 team mm. more than the Aussie team now. With the big bash and the popularity of that now... Kids know these blokes that are, are slogging in the 2020 in the Big Bash and doing really, really well. It's a massive game and now. 2020 strikes me as a club competition. I, yep. I, it just feels weird. Yep. And, it, unless it's a World Cup format. Yep. It's a bit like international soccer, you know? Like, it feels weird just to have these kind of fixtures that don't mean a lot. It, it, it's a good point. All right, look, it was good to see match referee Chris Broad paying so much attention to the game when Australia played South Africa. This is one day international. Sadly, uh, the game he was paying attention to was the Ryder <laughs> Cup golf. Uh, the Aussies weren't terribly happy. This is the man sitting up there charged with making sure everything comes across tickety-boo. He's checked cricket. What cricket, he says. 
He's a mad golf fan and a bit of a contrarian, uh, even as a player who was always getting under people's skin, and he never really cared what people thought about him. I, I love that about Chris Broad. A and the Aussies are fighting to complain, apparently. Oh, my goodness me. Aren't we taking life too seriously? I know he should have been watching the cricket, but who hasn't had the golf on when they've been watching the cricket? Well, it, it just goes to show how boring that game was. <laughs> <laughs> you have to <laughs> in the right cup. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> right. Michael Clark's cunning plan to promote his book is working perfectly. Uh, everyone he mentions is lining up to bag back, which is terrific. Simon Kadic was happy to respond to that famous dressing room incident. You know, I saw Shane Watson's comments during the week and I, I thought he, you know, hit the nail on the head with it, uh, given that um, it was, I thought it was rather ironic that he was called the tumour. So are you two mates? I think that's a bit of a stretch to say that we're mates. <laughs> a bit of a stretch of the imagination, given that I've uh, hardly spoken about since it all happened. And um, as I said, I think it's more about him trying to promote his book through the uh, summer. He's doing a good job. There's a lot of promotion going on. Everybody talks about it and mentions it. Even if they were talking about their own book, it comes back to Michael Clark. Don't you think we just need to get Jerry Springer back for one show only? <laughs> 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 it's all the cricket team in there. And and just how, have one of them run on. How many times and... can we go <laughs> over and over? What is it? It's yeah. eight years old. Yeah. He finally got him, didn't he, Kadich, uh, and lined mm. him up and gave it to him in, in revenge. But... Michael, I reckon, will regret writing this book. By market rates, he probably got between 700000 and a million to do it. We all laughed at Mark Bosnich, didn't we, when he said he was offered a million dollars to do a book, but he said, I just didn't want to burn all my friendships and, and the money just wasn't worth it. I swear to you, I reckon in 10 years' time at reunions of that, Michael looked back and say, I'm sorry I did that. That was just... It just wasn't worth the angst. Can I say this? I would happily burn all you guys from me. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would take me yeah. 0.1 of a yeah. second to yeah. make that. And I'd respect you for it. I've, I've burnt you blokes for it without any money. <laughs> <laughs> After a few beers, I'll tell you anyway. <laughs> Fox Sports News has done an interview with Mitchell Johnson, uh, which airs this week, and he speaks about his relationship with Michael Clark. The relationship between my, myself and Michael Clark is... Well, he was probably the best captain um, technically, or yeah, technically, I guess. Um, the, the, the field positions, he was very aggressive. I think it suited my bowling. Uh, we saw that in the Ashes. I wouldn't say we have a personal uh, relationship, but we had a, a good, good um, you know, professional relationship when it came out to being on the field. You stay in touch now? No. I, I love it. I love it how they actually had the interview, Tony, in the change rooms where Kadich and Clark yes. had, the, had the fight. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> that was there. But couldn't he have said that? No, I don't keep in touch about anybody, about Ricky Ponting, about Stephen no. Moore, about a whole range of people that yeah, he played with. No. In the workplace, you have relationships that last while you're in the workplace, often, and you never see them again. Like with no. you, people admit. <laughs> he, he could have. He could have through lawyers during the week. <laughs> but it was a very categorical yeah. no. It yeah. really was. That was telling because Mitchell Johnson, uh, of course, a great mate of Shane Watson's, and, and that's part of the Clark issue, but he's got very few enemies in the game, Johnson, and also he's the least political cricketer I've ever seen. Like, he just doesn't get into the whole, you know, debate about stuff, so... That's a black They're mark. They're lining up, aren't they? They're lining oh, yeah. up. And, and it's yeah. ugly. It's an ugly it way to start ugly. the summer of cricket. It reminded me of... You know, you're talking about stuff that would you put in a book. Darren Lehman, his first book, he let rip it everybody... And then about 10 minutes before it went to publishing, he rang up and said, I can't do this. Mm. Oh, I cannot. He rang up the publishers, took it all out 
and he said it was the best decision he ever made. I mean, have, he wouldn't be Australian coach if that book had gone to press. I want to take you back just quickly to the... We saw the Matador Cup earlier. I love a firm handshake, but Nathan Lyon is obviously far too powerful. Uh, look at him. Look, he, he actually... He bust Trent Copeland after the, the quick... He's taken a wicket. He's slipped his thumb. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, God. No, it's, isn't he? it's good to see the gag magic show bag is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's one of those buzzer handshakes. <laughs> <laughs> Got him a beauty. Look at that. Bang and... Oh. oh. Clash of thumbs. Yeah, clash of thumbs. Thumb war. <laughs> I love it. All right, we have seen a, a few handshake and high-five fails over the years on this program, so why wouldn't we do it again? It's a good excuse to show some of our favourites. And who can forget Brad Haddon yes. here? Oh, 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 straight oh, finger from James Faulkner. They don't keep in touch anymore. Uh, <laughs> St Kilda's Nick Revolt. Yeah, Richmond's oh. finger in the eye. Who's forced from the field with the blood rule there? Uh, the high-five-related injury. This is great. Uh, angry high-five. <laughs> Yes. Uh, too many beers can obviously start oh. up the for you. High five. Love it. Now, snubbing the coach, uh, never a good idea. Well, hey. I'm good. Kobe Bryant handing out the fist bumps hey. uh, to yeah. Coach yeah. Phil Jackson. Oh. <laughs> the has to go both there. Uh, yep. Just pretend nothing happened here. Beautiful work. All right, to gambling now. Oh, sorry, horse racing. And the people's <laughs> horse, Winks, now lays claim to being the best in the world after romping home in the Cox Plate. Uh, it was an amazing performance from this mare, 13 in a row. Tony and I were at the pub and we both... Yes backed Winks and yep. the trifecta. Yes. But you, you know that there's that... Jeez, you guys are bold. Out of left field. Jeez, you must have been blind that day. <laughs> <laughs> 50 bucks on the nose on Winks. I win the trifecta, I won a total of $10. Yeah, yes. well, uh, But, you, you know, in horse racing, there's a certain joy you have watching a horse, you know, like, in the last, say, 10 metres. Yes. There was actually no joy because the race was over literally... With, you know, like well, they, the last they, joy for Huey they eyeballed each other about 800 metres to go, didn't they? Well, and then uh, Winks just cranked up the speed dial well, and no-one could go with it. That and was the Hartnell, the match race that was supposed mm. to happen, never quite eventuated. And a lot of people don't know. Like, the, you know, the track at Mooney Valley, it's a very short track, uh, straight, yeah. so you need to get in early. And just the way he accelerated around the turn, it was just game over before they even hit the Could straight. be the only time in our lifetime that the Cox Plate overshadows the Melbourne Cup. But your little bets are interesting because they say that you know that a horse becomes the people's champion. There's one categorical way. Oh, when mugs bet on it, is that what saying? <laughs> when people have $1 and $2 bets and don't cash them in, they take them home and put them in there. People have done it with black caviar. Oh, we cashed out. We cashed out. Oh, you did? Yeah. But a lot of people souvenir them mm. and there have been thousands of bets that haven't been claimed. That's what it is. People putting them in their scrapbook, yep. that's a sign you're the people's you know, champion. You know, the best thing about it is that you know that the bookies would have been claimed out on the day. <laughs> yeah. And I remember we went on a crow's footy trip once and we went to a country track and uh, Mark Rusciuto cleaned out this one bookie and at the end of the day the bloke couldn't even, he couldn't even hang around on the last uh, race because he didn't have any money left yeah. and as he was reversing his four wheel drive to pack up, Rue just said to him, you're going to need more than that to pay us out mate. That's <laughs> his four wheel drive. Wow. He said go and sell it because he just cleaned him out. Oh, you're so happy that some bloke couldn't feed his family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to AFL and former Tiger Brett Delidio has turned up in his GWS kit. How does it look, Kel? Well, it's a, turning into a bit of a, a trend, I think, these days, sacrificing money in favour of chasing a premiership. We saw Brian Lake do it with the Hawks a few years ago, and this is what Brett Delidio has done. He's said no to the money, uh, the big money that yep. he could have still had at Richmond. 
and he's got three years uh, at the Giants to see if he can win in a flag in maybe what might be his final three or four years of footy. And so does he bring something good to the table for them? Now? He certainly does. He is a classy player, a great finisher. Steve Johnson got in his ear at a wedding, supposedly at Wangaratta, and talked him into heading up to Sydney, and uh, he'll make life tough for your swans. But in 12 years, Fitzy, at Punt Road, he played in three finals and he didn't win one. Do you, do you think it's... Chris Judd came up uh, with a great suggestion that free trade that you can't choose a team that finished in the top four. Because mm -hmm. it seems to me over the last few years now, these, like you said, Kel, James Frawley at Hawthorne, there's quite a few that did it over the years. They're just picking teams to win a premiership. And it just and it just boosters the better teams year by year. No but one's come out with right. free agency and said, I want to go to a bottom six no, team. But if, have you, they? if you've done your time at a club, you've been, you know, you have no yeah. choice where you go. You start a career and you've earned your stripes. Don't you have the right to choose where you want to go. Like, they're employees and they've earned the stripes. Don't they have the right to choose the club? Yeah, but it just, I don't know. I, and it goes down that EPL road of just it just the better teams get better. But this would hurt Hawthorne if we cut this out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I to see that happening. No, well, you got rid of Mitchell and Lewis, mate. Yeah, You're right. in trouble now. Still with player movements. According to reports, Robbie Farrer isn't just going to help South Sydney on the field. He's a secret weapon to steal Tigers fans and bring them to the Bunnies. Now, this is because they've decided to take a pre-season game. I think it's against Manly to Campbelltown, which is the heart of uh, the West Tigers territory. Crash, you believe this is true? It's going to happen? I'm worried it'll go the other way. <laughs> I think that, uh, that Farrah going to South. Will there be any South people... Didn't you say you've heard of someone, a South uh, member, who's handed in yes. their membership because Robbie Farrah's going yes, there? Yes, yes. So they're turned away because Robbie Farrah is uh, joining South. But, I mean, really, this story? Oh, Are no. fans that fickle? Some are in league, yeah, yeah. I think only your six- or seven-year-olds are going to do that. And most rusted-on fans, it's about the, the, the jersey, isn't it? That's what you follow, not the kind of the warm body inside it. You don't care where they go as long as you're following the girls. Has there ever been an AFL player who sort of... You felt they've taken the crowd with them when they've changed clubs? No. Well, what the big one no. names recently, Gary Ablett didn't take anyone to the... Not the Cats the fans, Gold Coast. the Swans. Uh, to the Gold Coast anyone. and... Yeah. Biker didn't take anyone to Sydney and Buddy certainly no. didn't Buddy didn't take Hawks either. fans. No. All right, then. Look, we've shown you plenty of hurdles in the NFL this season, attacking players leaping over defenders. Well, they've mixed it up a bit at the weekend. Here's Patriots' uh, Jamie Collins. See that block? He does the hurdle over the top to block the kick. There he goes, straight over, gets through to the uh, the kicker. Oh, oh wow! Bang. Great effort. That is good, isn't it? Could have copped it right in the palakas <laughs> there as well. That's brave. No, absolutely worth it. Oh. You just train your whole life to do that. Yeah, exactly. That's your one job. <laughs> That's right. And Smother. he's done it absolutely beautiful. No touchdowns at all, actually, in that game. Now, for some bizarre reason, people want to get their uh, head on the telly even if they looked very stupid, like, like this bloke at the NBA. Look with the beard. There's a million people trying to get in, but him uh, behind. <laughs> there he is. Oh. Yeah, his family's proud of as punch. He was one of the substitutes as well. <laughs> oh. How much does it cost to buy a beer at a stadium? That's like liquid gold. <laughs> it's just unfortunate he's got rabies. <laughs> how, how could I see that and not once again show you this? Because this is just class. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's this bit that I like, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're in business, Great week, isn't it? But coming up, kayak superstar Jessica Fox joins us. Kenny Lowe cops a two-week ban for his ref rant. Our weekly top five and the bizarre moment Svetlana decided to give herself a haircut mid-match. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Yeah.
chance of getting back in the winner's circle here tonight, Chris Holder. Here we are. The final at Etihad Stadium. Australian Grand Prix here at Phillip Island. Oh, Marco just crashed out of the lead. How Crutchlow wins here in Australia. Lights out here on the streets of Service Paradise. Weekend for sports fans in Australia. Loved all of those. I did love the MotoGP. I think it was won by Calvin Crutchlow, which is one of the great names for, for a motorbike race. <laughs> yeah. Up there was Steel Sidebottom. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Is anyone else over the shoey? I love Daniel Ricciardo, but every time he gets near a podium, just insists on drinking out of the boot. This time it was making other people do it, obviously. It's yeah. Jerry Butler, the uh, actor. Well, what do you think Calvin Crutchlow would make people drink out of? <laughs> <laughs> now, that'd be more interesting. <laughs> so just put your head under me. And here we go. <laughs> He's a media darling, though, uh, Daniel, around the world. He even bunged on an American accent for the US Grand Prix, which was in Dallas. Hopefully put my cowboy hat on and uh, just take off like that. And uh, that'll be a, a great day. Can you win this race tomorrow? Well, ma'am, I will try to do everything I can to win tomorrow. Uh... <laughs> he sort of ran out of petrol halfway through there. <laughs> he seems like the only one that has a joke on the tour, isn't he? Yeah. Like, he's just, he's just brilliant. You know, they he all, just laughs the whole time. They all take themselves so seriously, don't, don't they? they? And he's just a likeable yeah. larrikin Aussie. Breath of fresh air. All right, Perth coach Kenny Lowe has uh, been suspended for his stoush with officials during his team's A-League win over Melbourne City. What did you make of this? He pushes his, the team away, like, no, not, don't do that. Let me do that. He was incredibly animated. It was like he'd been partying with the West Coast Eagles team of 2004. It's funny because he dragged the players back and, yeah. and you thought he was trying to save them. But he was almost like, no, this is how you abuse a referee. Yeah, that's right. And he went and got, he got two Good weeks to see he's uh, sponsored by National Storage there, but he couldn't <laughs> store his anger. <laughs> he overstepped the mark. But I don't know whether he'd regret it. He's copped two weeks suspension, yep. hasn't he? But uh, what's got lost in this is that he set up a great technical win and showed how you can beat Melbourne City. I mean, they came to intimidate. It was a, it was a great game, great match. Yeah, but, um, yeah, he certainly overstepped the mark, but he was able to achieve something pretty special. Yeah, I do like watching him. All right, to the US and football, where Kai Kamara celebrated his 21st goal of the season with a little twerking. Uh, the referee didn't like it. Watch, he gets the goal there, and uh, this is a terrific bit of... Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's very good. Uh, it looks worse in slow. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow card. I, I, agree with, I agree with it, Tony. And don't stop there. Give him a red card for his haircut. <laughs> <laughs> what about Kenny Lowe twerking? <laughs> 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 or or, or Crutch Lowe. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I, w- I really wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> <laughs> Jules, your um, AFL team has obviously fallen over in a bad yeah. heap, obviously, for the next decade, I'm imagining. All, all your energy now is going into getting Liverpool across the line in the EPL. Liverpool are looking very good. They beat West uh, Bromwich Albion 2-1. The, the main problem with Liverpool, they're like, like a toddler with gastro. They can't keep a clean sheet. Even... <laughs> <laughs> even, even in the last few seconds there, they conceded the goal to WBA, but they've got the best attacking formation since Suarez left and a, lost le- a lot less biting, so I'm, I'm picking... You can't... Oh, he's in a serious journo chair. <laughs> you won't get a Walkley for that sort of stuff, my friend. That should be the tagline for a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> Lionel Messi, uh, so to speak, scored to help Barcelona uh, to an extra time win over Valencia, which is great. That wasn't the biggest drama. The biggest drama was when, during the celebrations they gather around, there's a bottle thrown uh, at the players. I, I, look, it wasn't so much a throw, but the, the overreaction of the players. This is amazing. I'm not sure how that one bottle hit oh. the side. <laughs> 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 I've seen artillery shells do this. <laughs> there the needs to be a second shooter there somewhere. <laughs> 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 it's, it's the magic bottle. It's <laughs> ricocheted off everyone. It is. It is. Oswald's done it again. He's <laughs> <laughs> ghost. Did it remind you of uh, anything else? Well, yeah, it reminded me of uh, Rivaldo during the World Cup, which is uh, one of my favourite dives. Uh, the ball hits him. Clutches his face. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, the pain was referred upwards. And a red card. Absolutely brilliant. All right, there you go. This is uh, also brilliant. It's the American women's football. Watch these two. Their laces get stuck together. Running at full pelt. How. The... Oh. And the goalkeeper was sent to the principal after. <laughs> 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 tying their laces together. That's a good effort. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, at first glance, uh, this should be an epic fail. But wait, it's not exactly. Obviously, conditions are difficult. Come on, come on. But it's the other foot. Oh. 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 He takes a big no, swing. He misses. He's left. Oh. With his right. Wow. As you can see, it's going to be the Twitter handle at fail. Your goal. <laughs> How pleased would you be, mate? <laughs> <laughs> taken mine. Yeah, well, you didn't exactly fail. All right, we know, all know there are bad hair days. Well, uh, everyone except Fitzy, obviously. Svetlana uh, Kuznetsova is having just two, such a day in the WTA finals. Cuts the hair off at a change of ends. Kel, she was down, she was emotional to start this as well. Isn't it? It's weird. She is a fiery Russian. She's a little unhinged, Svetlana, but this is. she was down in the third set. She actually called for the break and asked for some scissors and basically said her plaque was flicking her in the eye every time she hit a winner and it was making her eyes water. So she just got the scissors and hacked it so, off. So it didn't happen in practice? Like, how could it suddenly... It wouldn't have grown overnight. Or any of the 50 games beforehand, which would be wearing exactly the same hair. Yeah. And, and go figure. Well, it's popular now. There's a lot of girls going into salons asking for the Kutsunova. <laughs> <laughs> 150 bucks. From the Aniston to the Kutsunova. <laughs> Caroline Wozniacki uh, had good reason to do the same thing. Uh, as you see here, this is when she was her hair. Look, see the hair's quite... Plat. the tennis racket. Can't go the plat, can no, you? Exactly. She, of course, didn't cut the hair off. Uh, not the first who did, though, Andy Murray... He went, he went to on the fringe, a little fringe trim, I think it was last year. Now, he claimed that was getting in his eyes. Have a look. That hair's never getting in your eyes, Andy. <laughs> never getting in your eyes. Remember when Agassi wore the wig? Mm. He confessed to it, didn't he? Mm. Wouldn't have that been a nightmare? Oh. A giant wig. He won wig. the French Open 
wearing a wig. Mm. It's remarkable. Oh, isn't I can't it? believe it. Yeah. Sam Press, he used to have to shave his back, I think, during the game. Did Sometimes you really? his back was so hairy. He was such a hairy man. During the game. <laughs> yeah, so it was growing. <laughs> it was a five-setter. He get the lawnmower out. Yeah. People thought he was getting a massage. He was actually getting his back shaved. <laughs> the question has been asked regularly over the past year, is it all over for Tiger Woods? Well, the former champion doesn't think so. When you cross generations, you know, it's, it's very difficult to see who's, who's better than the other um, in, in, all, in all sports. But I just think that, for me, I would take my skills like up against Jack any day, and I'm sure he'd feel the same way. Do you believe you'll get 18 majors? To be honest with you, no. You don't? No. You've accepted that? I've accepted I'm going to get more. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think he's joking. A lot was made about the headlines were saying yeah. that Tiger believes he is going to win more majors than Jack. That's not what that means, is it? No, he's having taken the mick. But the interesting thing is they reckon he's more comfortable now than he was a couple of years ago because he's being compared when he comes back to the Tiger of the last few years who was stumbling. So if he goes OK, suddenly he's a bit of a hero again compared to the guy a couple of years ago who's going, come on, Tiger, when are you going to win a major? Well, he hasn't won one for a decade. He won't catch Jack. Jack's gone, you know. But we all wait to see when he comes back. Jesper, Pan Jesper Parnovic had a game of golf with him the other day and said he smashed it. He looks terrific. It'd be great to see him hitting the ball well again. All right, could it be uh, possible that former NBA star Yao Ming is still growing? Uh, check out these photographs with Gary Player. During the <laughs> day. Isn't that amazing? No matter what course you're on, you're always playing mini golf again. They had to scrape Gary Player off his shoe at the end of the round. <laughs> Betty's exactly like Andrew Bogart, where he just gets sick of the tall don't jokes. You yeah. <laughs> don't you think? And wouldn't Gary? How's your short game, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> Golfers uh, sometimes add new elements to their game just to add interest, uh, like hitting uh, goals with a football, which I think is a terrific idea. Oh. Straight through. Straight through. Never a doubt. Does it from a few different distances. This is the 45-yard attempt. The hold was good. Oh! Straight through. Wow. Because I've always wondered, really you know, <laughs> what that would be like. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you well, got something off your bucket list now? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God someone did it. Thank <laughs> God. Well, that neatly, neatly brings us to this week's top five golfing trick shots. Oh, not John, John Daly. Daly. Not John Daly. This is Rory McIlroy. Oh, I bet you you've got John Daly in here. You don't know me. Bill Mickelson. Giving a masterclass of the flop shot. Oh. See that? This is going over the head. Wow. Oh, you, oh, yeah, now watch this angle. That is brilliant. Oh. How amazing. Here we go, number three, John Daly. <laughs> John Daly! <laughs> <laughs> you are so predictable. <laughs> Why would you say yes to that? Why would you say yes? Thank you so much, John. I wasn't going to do that. I put them in the last second for you, Kel. It's possible. This is incredible. Golf ball mid-flight. This is extraordinary. It really happened. None of the blokes can believe it. Look at that. It's not enhanced in any way. Paul Lowry, no one can believe it. Believe a crash? I'm you believe it now? Yeah. At number one, this is the day that Vijay Singh skims his T-shirt deliberately across the water on a par three. No. Yep, yep. He didn't and do that deliberately. Yes, he did. It was a, that's what they all were doing. They were trying to do it. And watch where it goes, Kel. Into John Dutton. No. 
<laughs> John Daly and Dolphins Fiemen Rhino. Seriously. There you go. Uh, will the year of the sports drought breaking continue with the Chicago Cubs through to the World Series? I'm really excited. It's only 108 years since the Cubs have tasted success. Anybody can have a bad century. Uh, this was great, though. They've beaten the uh, LA Dodgers to get through. It's great, isn't it? Great moment. Oh, and so many great mythology around the Cubs and, you know, yes. and... and and it's just been so long, so much joy. Wrigley Field, such a great and, mm. and you know famous stadium. It's, it's almost of the great goats. story. It's unfolding like the Bulldogs, like Cronulla. It is. Well, they've got like the same Bulldogs Lester. colours too. Like, it's just brilliant. Yeah, it's that year, isn't it? You mm. expect that maybe they will do it. Plenty, obviously, has happened during the Cubs drought. Uh, this fan pretty much sums it up. I just wish my brothers were alive to see this. I had a brother killed in the war, another brother prisoner in Germany for tw 21 months, and two other brothers overseas. And they loved the Cubs, and my father did too. But they're all dead now. And this old lady's still living. I hope they win it just for her. And just after that, John Daly hit a golf ball. BJ <laughs> <laughs> Singh skinned one off her head. <laughs> we are joined by a world champion next, kayak superstar Jess Fox, right here in the studio. <laughs> Every river is different. Every race is different. You can never be fully prepared for a course. It takes my whole body to turn through a gate starting at my feet, through my core, to my arms. If I hit a gate, I can't think about it. The race isn't over until that line is crossed. It's my instinct to take risks. I'm always striving for that perfect run. I'll always chase that feeling. And how brilliantly does she do it? Olympic bronze medalist Jessica Fox joins us right here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Interesting that we saw on there, you talked about the touching the gate and the two-second penalty, which, of course, is what went down in Rio. How, uh, you obviously went through a range of emotions there. There was the despair, was there anger. Where are you at now? I guess I've had a bit of time to, to digest the Rio experience. I definitely felt um, mixed emotions that day. I crossed the line, uh, went into first place and, you know, was just really excited and happy. There we can see the two-second penalty and maybe two one or two minutes after I crossed the line, I saw an asterisk come up, which is the, the little star that shows that the, the, the run is under video review. And I've had that star this season before and it's it's come up with a 50 second penalty when I thought I won the race I've been relegated to 10th place so I had this you know my, my I had this feeling in my I thought I was going to be sick and so I was thinking you know please not at the Olympics not a 50 second penalty so when I saw the touch come up um, it was it was you know what that that's okay I do have the touch I'll accept it I went into second place I was happy for my friend Luca Jones from New Zealand she she won the silver and, yeah, third place, a second Olympic medal. Um, it's something I'm really proud of. 
it's amazing to have both of those with obviously gold coming from Tokyo. So, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> so the full set, yeah. <laughs> on its way. Um, that that would be the the perfect scenario. That'd be the dream. I I'm definitely excited about the next four years. I'm hungry. I actually I actually was a bit frustrated with my racing um, in Rio and wanted to race again, so I went and raced the last two World Cup races because... Because you hadn't planned to do that originally, No, I'd planned to come home, have a break, um, be a normal 22-year-old, but I felt that I didn't give everything I, I had on that day in Rio because it was really windy and I felt like I had to hold back a little bit just to, to make sure I didn't hit any gates, which in the end I did, but... Um, I did enough to secure the bronze medal, but I, I, I just felt like I needed to get out there and race freely, and that's what I did at the World Cup, so you, I was you, happy. There's a few dings in your gold yeah, in your bronze medal that you got here. You didn't, have, you didn't go out with Ryan Lochte afterwards. Was that from partying? Did you just knock it a couple of times? No, or? not even. I, I didn't take it out partying because I didn't... Uh, I mean, I've heard some terrible stories, like yeah. the guy who didn't have money, so he paid his taxi driver with his Olympic gold medal. Oh, like, yeah, but he was the I have a giant coin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, just can I ask, I saw you in London, you were great, obviously. Rio, you were great. But I'm a child of the 80s, and I've never seen you do this. I think this is your next challenge. Ah, okay. I think we've got it here. Yes, there we go. And, oh, uh, yes. Solo man ads. I've never seen you. What? I've never seen this. Go down a cliff face uh, in a jungle. Could have done oh. this in Rio, <laughs> into the water. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, Fitzy and I were talking. We you would can knock that back You know what? We would love to see you become the solo woman. Yeah. That could be the next Red Bull commercial. I'll have to talk to yeah. them about going yeah. down the forest, yeah. jumping yeah. the water. Absolutely. <laughs> And you've done a Kuznetsova, you were telling us earlier, with the plait in your face, is that right? Yeah, I was having... I, I can definitely empathise. I've... Um, my hair's getting a bit long, I need to cut it, but I've flicked, you know, you're moving your body a lot and you've got to look to the next gate and I flicked it around and definitely hit myself <laughs> in the eye before, so I don't know if I'd stop and give it a trim, but um, I can definitely... I'd, I'd need a haircut soon. Yes, you have some quirky moments, I guess, on the circuit, but... Was it true that you, because your mum, of course, and your dad were decorated kayakers, that you raced someone who was racing against your mum at some stage, you know, and that she's lasted the generation? Yeah, Stepanka Hilgatova. She was the Olympic champion in Sydney 2000 and 1996. She raced against my mum and she's still going. Her, her niece is now racing against my sister. So she's, you know, 40... Eight now, wow. I think, and she's still Is top that a three. A thermos in there. <laughs> 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 you know I'd, I'd definitely be very happy to, to look like she does it at 48 to be as fit as she is. She's yeah, she's a legend of the sport. As are your parents. Must be amazing because I think you and your dad have both won events, the same uh, uh, event, uh, and I think we have some a photograph here. That whole family connection clearly so crucial for you. Yeah. So um, I guess 2014 was probably. A really special year because both my parents won the world championships in America. Um, twenty, in, so in nineteen, when was this it? This is twenty fourteen. Yeah, this is twenty fourteen. And the, throughout the whole week, everyone was like, "Oh, you know, could she do it? Could she, could she win the world championships where her parents won it twenty five years before?" And um, yeah, I, ma I managed to do that. So it was really special to share that with them. Can I ask you about um, a bit left field? But the fancy bears, the Russian ha um, hackers who have hacked you and released your WADA details to the world. You're not the only elite athlete right around the world that's uh, been a victim of this. H how did that make you feel? Uh, I, I was a bit um, 
I guess, flustered by it all. It was a bit, it was a bit strange, but at the same time, I thought, oh, this is kind of weird. Why would they want to hack me? Um, mm. And I have nothing to hide. It's a TUE, which is a, a therapeutic use exemption, which allows me to, in the case of an emergency, administer an EpiPen um, if I have a severe allergic reaction. And that all came from a training camp in Rio. It was a bit of a, a nightmare training camp where um, everything just went wrong that week. And at a training session, I got out to do some stretches on the grass and I noticed there were these little ants. And when you live in Australia, you see something small and you think, you know, we've got snakes, we've got spiders, crocodiles, mm. whatever. Anyway, these ants bit me on my leg, on my foot, and within five minutes, I'd swelled up. I was, like, wow. rash everywhere. I, I, yeah, almost had to go to hospital. So um, I guess that was a good lesson. You know, you wouldn't want yeah. that to happen between your semi and final. Do you still keep in touch with Prince William? Uh, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I message him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you are. I think that was uh, in London. Another nice moment for you. Yeah, that was that was definitely a very very cool moment um, to have a chat with Prince William and Princess Kate. Um, you know, to, to relive those London moments and and now have the Rio memories as well. It just makes me so excited looking towards Tokyo. Yeah, well, we look forward to Tokyo as well. Thank you so much for dropping in and have a chat. It's been great. Thank you for having me, Jessica Fox. All right, coming up, our champ of the week. That's next. Stick around. since coach Andrew Gaze appeared <laughs> on the back page. Rules <laughs> whatsoever. They are on fire. Look at Gaze in the background as well. <laughs> Listen to <laughs> Having a top time. All right, I want to show you a couple of things. First of all, check out this. Another amazing trick shot for you. Bang. Oh, wow. Did he mean that, did he? No, it's an absolute fluke. Really good. All right, so look, first look at the uh, mascot for the 2018 World Cup in Russia. Uh, you love this guy. It's Zabavaka the Wolf. Now, don't you like... I love the fact that this is... Uh, I think it was a competition for people to try to come up with the perfect mascot for them. A student created it says he's fluffy, has kind eyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, unlike the Japanese sun wolf. Got rabies. Feed in the revenant, I think, at some point. Found out it got put down yesterday. <laughs> Time now for our champ of the week. And we've gone for Australian golfer Minji Lee, uh, who's grabbed her third title in two seasons on the LPGA Tour. It was close to the end. She won the Blue Bay event in China. That, that beautiful approach shot, the little chip to a metre. Birdies it out the wind. 20 years old, this girl, and still incredibly cool under pressure. She's done a great job. Terrific player. And what's more, how polite. She kisses it, then wipes the lippy off the trophy. Aww. Can I just can I put a, a hand up for another champ of the week, please? Oh, yes. uh, Danny Green as well. We know they've announced the fight today, and yep. he sent a message out to Crash before because Crash got stuck into him after Roy Jones Jr. After mm. he knocked Roy Jones Jr. out, he had a message tonight. He's just sent through another one to oh, Crash. Crash. Well, it's another one yeah. back. Yeah. Okay. This is what he had to say about Crash. Now you seem to have an opinion on everything. You do little, but you have an opinion on everything. Um, 
I'm just wondering, what what is your own opinion when you look in the mirror and you see the hair starting to thin? <laughs> starting to get a bit uh, frail up there. And then when you have to actually, when you want to actually check your pecker out, you've got to sit down when you pee. And you can't quite see out of that mouth. So stop talking and start doing it. All right, Jan? You know what I say to that? Hey, Danny, you see this? It's called a shoe. <laughs> Well, See you next week. Medication's worn off. <laughs>